0: (laughs) The Foul Life with Chad Belding is going major league on today's show, and they're playing to a sellout crowd. High
1: drive into deep right field, it is a grand slam home run,
0: Will Clark. Joining the broadcast will be six-time MLB All-Star, Mr. Will the Thrill Clark, as well as Randy Young and Hunter McDonald with Premier Prairie Adventures and Hunter McLemore with Bandit, Avery, and Greenhead Gear decoys. You are aiming a shotgun to where the bird is going to wind up into the shot string. Same thing when you're hitting a baseball. You're swinging the bat as to where the ball is going to wind up. This motley crew of hunting renegades has transcended upon Kansas, and they're loving everything that the Sunflower has to offer the big watersheds will get your biggest
2: concentration of birds you know you can get 10 15 20 000 birds on this big watershed the
0: foul life with chad building is proudly presented to you by benelli dominate the sky now here's chad will the thrill clark randy young hunter mcdonald and hunter mclemore
3: i was liking that
2: pond Oh, even it's though even though they pond. don't have no water in it, it's got water, but it's just the wrong direction.
4: So we can't hunt it oh. if it's the wrong direction, huh?
2: Well, we're gonna. That's what we
4: got. So you gonna show me that pond or what?
2: So the geese were at this end. Ducks like this little piece down here. Now it's not this full right now. It's just almost to these trees where you can hunt right there. But it's not up here where you have these points and shit on that side. This little pond though is full. And we killed crap out of them here about, what, three weeks
4: ago? hmm With geese going in that little pond? Or we just ducks? We did we kill the did the geese. Have down in there.
2: But the ducks are on... But this was froze this morning. But if we open that up, I bet we could kill the ducks in there. And it would be unbelievably sexy because it's all... We could set in those trees over on this side. In, if, in this the water? Thing you can is shoot, it dry in the
4: trees or wet?
2: Try. This thing you could shoot all the way across from one end to the other on
4: Let's do that then.
2: You want to just try it in there and see what happens? Well, I mean, wherever you think we can kill the best I mean, amount of birds. The best amount of ducks would probably be... What about geese? Can we decoy geese? But like in there we had, I mean, like your small... Just roll right now
4: and just running.
2: Like your small groups of honkers, three, five, seven, whatever, they'll, they'll dump in there.
4: So you're saying that... The little pond, you think we can kill mallards uptight? We'll kill mallards uptight. And if we go with the wind coming out of the north-northwest tomorrow? might get
2: the geese if they... Might come in there. Right. I would rather bank on the mountain. There's more mallards than there are geese on this How mountain. many mallards are in there? Over 200.
4: Okay, you're saying this live on an episode of the Fowl Life podcast right now, and you, Will the Thrill just heard you guarantee a limit of mallards, did you not?
3: I just heard him uh, give his observations. That's Ooh, not, what I, <laughs> That's not what I asked. He didn't throw me done. under the
2: bus. No. Take care of my partner. That's right. Don't worry. But no, for real, this if you hunt in here and get them to do it in there, it's the sexiest thing you've ever seen.
4: Do you think we can? Oh, yeah. Or are they going to want the big water?
2: No, they're just sitting over here because this was froze.
4: So how are you going to open that up? Are you going to go in there tonight and put it. an ice heater in it?
2: No, I'll do it in the morning like I did today. I opened a big hole today. It's just that it got so cold and no wind when the sun came up that...
4: Is the wind going to hit that enough to keep the ice move the water moving? Because no. it, it looks kind of secluded from a north wind. It's
2: not going to get it's not going to get freezing tonight. It's not. No. So it'll be open in the morning.
4: Okay. When they looked at it, did they see any birds on that section at all today? Did it free? Did it thaw out by the afternoon no. today at all?
2: Uh-uh. They, this morning they're were all right here. Okay. Which is like seventy five yards.
4: But they would be right. back here if it wasn't frozen.
2: Yeah, they like that little hole. They do? Oh yeah. You smashed them in there before? We did, and they're like uptight. Do you like shooting ducks uptight? I like pernt blank. Point blank? No, pernt. What's pernt? Pernt is
3: the kunas version.
2: Of point? Yes.
4: Have yeah. you ever heard somebody say point? We just like to shoot.
2: So I would sit on the want other end of- We want somebody to say cool. So did end you think <laughs> Up there.
4: I'm so tired of the insults, man. It's like it's really starting to hurt my feelings.
3: Hunter, I'm telling you, you do not have a thick skin. You got a
4: little no thin. So. Oh, you're all. Did jacked, you think I did a good job? Skin calling the shot today. Yes, he's lying. He's
1: never shoot. He doing
4: was he really? Say so swear. Yeah, he
1: did. Hey, what? What? Uh, what was wrong with those? The one time I did. What was wrong with those? Those were only twenty yards. Why? Why? Why are we not shooting those?
4: You really said that?
1: Yeah, the one time I did. <laughs> <laughs> I said the one time.
4: Which ones were those? Those mallards?
1: No, the geese and Oh, there was more really
4: than soon. one time. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you which. I'm not I'll, telling you uh, what he said I'll take you
4: from time. under the bus. Don't worry, they're just throwing you up.
2: Oh yeah. Now. You did a good job. It's tough. That's a tough job calling a shot. That's that was a the really hard job in duck hunting.
4: It was just weird the way, I mean, you saw it. They were. What, yeah. How would you explain that hunt if you had to?
2: It was weird. You ice. kept
4: using the term, they keep flattening out.
5: The ducks were flattening on us yeah. because of eyes So
4: you just think they come no, on and they are not, so not comfortable them. with all that stuff. They were like coming on down, they coming down, and then they just stopped. Stop.
5: And they would get to
2: see that and then kind of flatten
5: yeah. yeah.
2: They wouldn't flare. No, they wasn't was spook. They just veer off. Just didn't want to. The ones that, that did that it last. early,
4: the ones that did it early with the most ice were beautiful. It's almost like that sun uh, got uh,
0: up
2: and the ice we, we had less ice early, remember? Right, because after the sun when started up. That's, that's when, when the temperature freezing. dropped that's and it, it started freezing.
4: Okay, yeah, early sense. we
2: had a big open hole from the ice sheet. Exactly.
4: And they were the mallards. And you know what I up. think it
2: was, camera guys. It's always got to be the camera guys.
4: You blame it on the camera guys?
2: Oh, you have to. That's a guy's best friend.
4: <laughs> when they don't work. When they don't camera work. Camera guys I mean, are the guy's best you blame friend. Blame it on the camera guys. That's right. Did you have you fun doing? today, Hunter? I
1: had a blast today.
4: It's like hunting with Will Clark? Mm-hmm. You're too young to know about his baseball career. Did you study up on it at all? No, I didn't. You didn't?
1: I just know it's Will the Thrill. 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 Trio.
4: Thrill. Pretty cool guy,
3: though, huh? Oh, yeah.
1: He's hilarious.
3: We make everybody part of team, baby. Part of team.
4: Everybody is. That's so, what I noticed about you. And and, and we'll talk about baseball a little bit. But yesterday's hunt was neat. Hunter hadn't gotten here yet, but we got on a really good mallard shoot. Shot a five-man limit on a pond that I didn't expect to see that many mallards. Because you guys will go in and hunt a pond that's got. 75 mallards on it and that you know with my travels that's not a lot of mallards but in a pothole like that it makes for a sweet little five man limit five mallards each in a hurry
2: because they just come in small groups ones twos fives is a big group on a little pothole and they just do it right when they're in the small groups and it's easy shooting and even old will can hit them out there yeah no
3: kidding and one of the best things that i liked yesterday was the fact that you were able to call and call people out. So like you let Hunter take a shot and, you know, Randy yeah. take a shot, and me take a shot and everybody took their turns. I thought that was great.
2: We caught a nice gentleman's hunt.
4: Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Had a couple okay size bunches. Yeah. But man, they'd get, they would just hover and just come straight down. They were again yesterday was a hard thing to explain to you and I think it was because of the depth of that pond how it's deep so it is down in that ravine down, yeah. and how they just float over the top of it instead of approaching it and getting down as they come into the wind they still ride that they, they come into the wind and then just halt and f- fall straight down. Usually mallards will approach different if you're not in flooded timber. Usually they work vertical like that in flooded timber. That's exactly what it
3: it looked like yesterday. It looked like you were hunting in flooded timber without any timber. Yeah. Because they were coming butt first down.
4: Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? It's weird. The first two days have been hard to describe. Today I would have thought, Man, we're going to smoke them. We're, we're really going to get them good with the sunshine. Not a cloud in the sky. The temperatures were perfect. We had a little bit of a breeze and just that skim ice. If it's not one thing, it's the other, right? Talk to me about that, Macklemore. Like. I mean,
5: we did get them good.
4: We just we, we got picked them. Good.
5: Uh, I mean, the, yeah, we could have done, you know, if we were just trying to kill birds. You think we could have killed more? Oh, yeah. If that's all you're looking to do. But if you want to see everything and get them right there where I can, you know.
3: And then we talked about it, too, in the blonde is just making TVs completely different than hunting. Oh, yeah. Do you and hate it?
4: No. Christian <laughs> Curtis says he'll never do it again. <laughs> you hate it, huh? It
5: hurts a, 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 a hunting-type
4: person. You want yeah. to kill. A killer. I can see it. It's frustrating. No. It's frustrating when you don't. But, again, I don't. I say it all the time, the TV has taught me not to be happy with a 35 shot when they're not giving it up, 30-yard shot. I'm not happy with a a crossing shot. Now, sporting clays and that kind of thing, I get that. You want to challenge yourself, but a goose that's not tricked – I don't, I've gotten to the point to where I'd rather know they're tricked instead of just killing them to having a Not picture. Just killing them. Yeah. yeah, unless I'm hungry and I need the food in the freezer, I get that too. If you need to hunt to fill your table, you eat a bunch of wild game. You kill a lot of animals and you eat every single bit of it, even down to wild hogs to where I could see you killing a hundred wild hogs in Louisiana because they're a nuisance and eating five of them a year. Yeah. You eat them all. You yeah, get them no. all done up. No, and then,
3: you know, it's kind of similar to what Randy was talking about. Randy was talking about some of the extra geese that they had. Here, because clients don't tend to bring all of their game home. Randy was talking about he's
2: got a a falconry and a a raptor rehab center. Yeah, they they rehab eagles and hawks and falcons and owls. You know things that get. Injured, yeah. you know, he'll rescue them out of you know like if they fly into fences sometimes or hit by a car, and so he'll need to have that food on hand because he doesn't know when birds are going to get yeah. brought in. It, you know he he might have five birds there, or he might have twenty. You know,
3: and for me personally, you know we were talking about the hogs. You know, we've killed over sixty hogs on my place this year, and like you said, you know, there's no way you're gonna eat that many. But what we do is my foreman on my place is the local preacher, and he makes sure that his congregation's taken care of and all of the congregations in the county. So none of it goes to waste.
4: Yeah, none of it. And it's hunters given back. Correct. <laughs> but you know, back to what I was saying is like T V and cameras have taught me. To have that patience, mm-hmm. and maybe it's like a maturity level too. Do you want to shoot them at thirty yards passing, or do you want to trick them? No,
5: I like I like to trick them. I like to watch them.
4: Yeah, but you when you were younger, you probably I, I, would were about younger, to land, I was right? mad
5: at them. I would have wanted to pile them up, and mm-hmm. it's not that not that way anymore.
3: Sometimes you do it for the challenge. You know, sometimes like you know, you got one single thirty-five yard crosser. <laughs> you're like, let me try this one. Sure. You know, one of them numbers. Mm-hmm. But doing what we were doing today and yesterday, you want to get them
4: right. What's your opinion, Hunter, on the memory of a duck to where you can go in and build that elaborate of a A frame? Those, you know, we're hunting out of those Avery sweet blinds. It wasn't there the day before. It's not a pit blind. It's erect. It's blended in and concealed, awesome with the natural weed line. But what do you think of that? Like the turkeys, you can put a ground blind in the middle of a wheat field, and they'll come into it, no problem, and just go right to a decoy, right? They have no memory. I don't, memory, know, I don't but,
5: think a duck does it. They're not that smart. You don't think like, so? If they are, we'd never kill one. I mean, yeah, but a lot of bl- a that, lot of time, a, a blind sticks out. Yeah, of course. But I just don't believe they they're that sharp. You know, not as good as that was camouflage. They weren't seeing that blind. Yeah, I don't think they ever
4: seen the blind at all. I'm just saying, like, all of a sudden, they've been in that pond at least for 48 hours, and now they come back in there today, and there's something that hasn't been there. Do they
2: know that? I think so. I mean, I think if they, if you don't get it put upright and you have, you know, you don't have your angles taken care mm-hmm. of, you you know, you've got a box there, and um, the other thing is a shadow. You know, if your shadow's sticking way out, it looks goofy to them and keeps them from finishing off, but... You can tell those birds from, like, the birds, what the birds are doing today. They flare off of that, if you're not hidden right. No. Uh, the birds we had today, they weren't flaring no. at all. I mean, we had birds sitting on top of us 15 yards, just right overhead, you know, looking. It's just they didn't quite see. I think it was the ice. It just didn't look right, didn't want to land in there uh, with those decoys being frozen a little bit. And once we got some of that
4: ice broke up and stuff, we had some birds do it right. Yeah, but we also, I don't know what it was as far as like not having enough of a runway, enough space in between the edge of the ice and the edge of the decoy spreads. Mm -hmm. It was like they just were not buying that. When You want to tell yourself that you think a group of mallards with sunshine, a little bit of flash, a great decoy spread, and they're not flaring off the blind. You would think that you would get... Yeah, uh, but we had open water
5: here. So so they're here and they're they're looking at where the decoys are, but they're seeing that,
4: you know, that's kind of why they're...
5: They were drifting to the left. Skirting us a little bit. Yeah. that happens They were in, looking at that water.
4: That happens in the timber a lot, too, you know, when oh, yeah. they're on your hole, and they, they'll float right over your hole to go to a raft of ducks or another little open spot or another slit in the trees. And
2: that might have been our problem is that it had a little ripple. The wind was hitting that part of the pond a little bit more than our part, mm-hmm. and they might have just, you know, we got their attention, and they wanted to come down, but then... That ripple on the water, you know, they like that morning glass anyway.
4: Yeah. Waterfowling has the word water in it, waterfowl hunting. I've had a lot of insults and a lot of remarks by people listening to this, watching the TV show, watching social media that why are you hunting the roost? Why are you hunting the roost? Why? What dictates this in your guys' opinion of yesterday and today we're on water? that birds are using is what we call a loaf. There's guaranteed birds that have slept on that pond last night, at least a few of them. Right. So that would define that as a roost. But it's waterfowl hunting. Like what depicts like, you know, like what, when, when can you hunt water and when can't you hunt water? What is a roost? Like can you not go hunt the big water around this area because that's where a lot of these birds are sleeping? So you tend to, most of the hunters in this area... Kind of have a handshake agreement that that's the roost. You leave that alone. But it's okay to hunt all these perimeter ponds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're still hunting where birds are using as a quote-unquote rest area when they're in a, a state like Kansas where they dry feed in corn a lot. Mm-hmm. So what dictates that in your guys' opinion of what a roost is? And I, I like to hunt on water way more than I like to hunt dry fields. Mm-hmm. I like boat rides. I like being in the water. I like floating decoy spreads. Mm-hmm. So what? What? when is it okay to hunt? water is it okay to hunt where we hunted today even though a few birds slept on that last night are you scaring them out of the area because we hunted in there today you know what i mean that's that's kind of like the general consensus of don't hunt that rooster you're going to blow that roost and the birds are going to be gone yeah. nah. hello you've reached will the thrill um, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to leave a message and given a hitting lesson to an up-and-comer double-a minor leaguer of the year chad Belding. at the beat go ahead and tell me what you need to say Pretty good, <laughs> good, come on. We are now silenced. <laughs> so, what do you think? Like, what is a roost? When is, it, when is it okay to hunt water?
5: I think it's different for different places.
4: Where, okay, take it where you okay, live. What, where's a roost where you live? The river? The river? Can you hunt the river where you live, or is that where a lot of the ducks
5: stage? A lot of the ducks now are feeding at night in the cornfields. I mean, that's just they've changed and adapted to hunting situations. So, mm-hmm. you're not blowing those birds out because if you've got a cornfield. And it's happening all the way down the flyway they're gone by the time you get there in the morning in the dark they come in the dark and they leave in the dark and all you see is feathers and you'll swear there's not a duck in the country sit down there about 30 minutes after dark it looks like a bee nest they're just swarming but they're gone you know by daylight they get tuned into that time and that, and that's they've adapted to survive. nocturnal. Yeah, go straight back to the refuge. Now you catch a weather shift, weather change, that's when you that's when something happens. As long as they can eat enough to stay warm or survive, they, they get in that pattern and it's it's definitely changed over the years.
4: So around here, is it okay to hunt these ponds? I mean, you, you hunt them a yeah, lot.
2: We, we hunt these smaller ponds, like you talked about, outside of the, the big watersheds. We call them watersheds here. Um, the big watersheds will get your biggest concentration of birds. You know, you, you can get 10, 15, 20,000 birds on these big watersheds, and we don't go in and touch those. We kind of keep those as our refuges, you know, for yeah. birds to stay and keep them in that area, and then we'll hunt. Uh, the, the little ponds in between. So, like, we've got several places that have two giant watersheds. They'll both hold birds. Birds will traffic back and forth, and we just kind of get under them. I on feel the like that. Where we underneath. were today,
5: I, That there were some birds that roosted there, obviously. But those birds leave and go to another pond to loaf, and those birds came from that the low on right. so that's kind of like you, you see, see bird, what I'm saying.
2: They trade, yeah, yeah. Birds came from all directions today. I mean, they're not all staying there. Yeah, we had some stay there, but that's not all the birds in that area. I would say a roost is is what you know when you have all the birds in your area staying on that pond, and, and yeah. that's what I think people get upset with is they're planning on hunting those birds coming off that roost, you know, maybe in a field like you talked about a cornfield or something, and you go in and bust them out of You're there now. Now their hunts kind of screwed up because they're, they're not doing their normal thing yeah. but that's not what we were doing
4: all right it makes sense hunter what did you think of yesterday and today's hunt with the double dogs we had axel and zoe today correct mm-hmm. and so. yesterday we had axel and bella randy's 11 year old female that's 12. 11 12 now 12. 12-year-old female, and today, Zoe's how old, too? Six. Six. I'm way off on all of your dogs. I, just, I should just quit guessing. <laughs> but it's pretty cool to see trained labs work together and respect and honor each other, huh?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a nice seeing. I mean, you got Bella, which is 12, and you got Zoe, which is six, and your dog, which is eight. eight. It's cool, different, seeing them at different levels. I mean, obviously, Bella's slowing down because she's older, and Zoe and Axel still got the drive, but I mean... Still cool seeing a dog that old that's willing to go out there and still put it together.
4: She did too. She, she takes her time. She, she She's knew like,
1: what to do. She she
2: marks every bird great. She's just not very fast. <laughs> we of, talked.
4: To, we talked about it
3: yesterday because we had a pair come in. We got both of them right, and there was one that was stone, one that was still you know kicking a little bit. And Axel took off with the one that was kicking. Bella went to the stone one, and she just took it. her time yeah. walking on out there yeah. she just i'll
4: get that, there when i get there and I get that, there that I get muck there. was
2: a little tough on her you know yeah. that that yeah. pond was a little salty and the cold water and yeah. believe
4: what you want but cold water takes its toll yeah. on a dog i mean it right. gets their energy out yeah quick.
2: so you know with her being old and but she still loves it she's the first one to the truck every morning i mean it's
4: hard was she pissed this home. morning
2: yeah, because she, she uh, you know, she can't dr- jump in the truck anymore. So what she does is gets up there and puts her front two paws on the tailgate and just stands there <laughs> and looks at me like, put me in. You up. Up. And she'll beat <laughs> Zoe, you know, and Zoe wants to go bad. And, but she'll beat her to the truck and put her paws up and just stare at me, and it's hard to say no. You know, oh,
3: bad, dude. Hunter, Hunter and I, too, we were talking today about, you know, there were four retrieves today, two for Axel and two for Zoe, that were extended retrieves. I mean, pretty good ways and it was really good watching you watching randy do the hand signals and watching the dogs respect you guys that was awesome
5: That was good
1: it's very cool seeing both dogs work at the same time where you're coming you're casting yours and you're casting yours and you got two different whistles you know where you can send one one dog way off on your far left and one off on your far right to those birds that went out there and you know and you're not you're not confusing the other one's dog
4: yeah not at all they worked well together I think that that's one of the top things in waterfowl hunting is the, is the way that you can have that dog as such a, a valued part of the family and friend. And then it becomes, he or she becomes a machine and a conservation tool. They really are. There was birds that... Well, Those were long blinds. Long blinds. And
5: in the territory with the heels and the broom sage and all. That's, that's hard. That's different. Div- that's different than a long, flat field, uh, you
2: know you know another thing that I liked about the two dogs working was they didn't go out they didn't fight over birds if there's two birds bite down one picked the bird went to it the other one swam right by it and didn't try and take the bird just went and got the other bird you know I see a lot of that with people's dogs where Mm -hmm. you have a bird down and one has it the other one just goes and wants to take it from Mm -hmm. them
4: yeah they they, I I was really impressed with both days the dogs worked really well together and and it, it, I think it's, you know, going into the next part of waterfowl hunting, the, like you made a comment about how much pain our ribs are going to be and, and yeah. our jaws from laughing. <laughs> yeah. That's the cool thing about being in a blind, right, as opposed to turkey hunting or deer hunting where mm-hmm. you got to stay so idle and quiet and lonely. And, you know, this the, the kinship and the fellowship and the camaraderie in a duck blind, mm-hmm. you can't get that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. No. Not of, even on a golf course you don't get that because yeah. everybody's like so serious all the time and focused on the drive or the short game. This, we get focused when we're all, when we're working them. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, I mean, god dang, you'd think we what, what would our enemy say about yeah, us? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is
3: you and I kind of talked about it but it's, it's like being in a clubhouse. I mean it's like, uh-huh. you know, everybody's kind of ragging and picking on one another and, and it's good natured humor and it makes the time go by quicker and it, I mean, we even talked about it was the last two days, how much fun and relaxing those hunts were. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I, I get through hunting and I'm like, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that, yeah, you know, yeah. so.
4: While Randy's leaving, we're going to cut to a short commercial break here at the Light Podcast. Pay some bills while Will Clark drums us out with his finger drum session. Go ahead, Will. Okay. <laughs> We'll be right back with more of the Foul Life podcast.
2: On the face, Will Clark with first and second and two outs. Clark deep down
0: the left field line. Anderson to the wall. It's a home run. More times than not, the MVP of your hunt has four legs and drinks out of the toilet. very cool seeing both dogs work at the same time. Or you're casting
1: yours and you're casting yours and you got two different whistles.
4: I think that that's one of the top things in waterfowl hunting is the way that you can have that dog as such a valued part of the family and friend and then it becomes, he or she becomes a machine and a conservation tool. Today's
0: episode of The Fowl Life with Chad Building is powered by Yukonuba, the provider, Avery Outdoors, Greenhead Gear Decoys, and jargon game calls Chad Will the Thrill Clark Randy Young Hunter McDonald and Hunter McMamore will return after this brief word from our partners hang tight
4: it's called Benelli's the Foul Eye for a reason we love Benelli they are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns all shotguns for that matter in my opinion but when you start talking about duck blinds goose blinds lay down blinds panel blinds pit blinds the debris the wear and tear everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season whether it's a 60-day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in canada alberta saskatchewan and follow the migration south some of us myself included hunt over 120 days a year and every single time i squeeze that benelli trigger it goes bam i'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family. And when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions. The performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge. Whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform. They're simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul Life. they are 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship thank you Benelli thank you all for supporting Benelli and I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good that Benelli dealer that store and say let me shoulder that super black eagle and now you can do it in so many gauges the sub gauges included we're fired up good luck this season stay safe out there and shoot straight
0: shoot Benelli When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of Duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for mojooutdoors.com today.
4: Keep talking. That's our slogan at Jargon Game Calls. The new Four single-read duck call with our extensive research of the gut system, the design in the Four. It's different. It hits harder. It operates differently than any duck call in the market. We've heard it from everybody. They could be blown a competitor's call for years, and there's so many great duck and goose calls out there. And when they pick up the 4 they're like, holy smokes. The best duck call I've ever Operated. You don't really blow a duck call or a goose call. You operate it. It's an air system. We can go into that. But you can find instructional videos at jargongamecalls.com on our YouTube, on episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life on the Outdoor Channel. Duck calling and goose calling is an art, as well as turkey calling. And our entire turkey call line is available at jargongamecalls.com. But the Megafor, and then you get into short read goose calls, the wrecking ball, and the crazy train. Listen to the difference in sound, the ease of use, the quality of acrylic, the turning of it, the design, the engraving, a lot of research has gone into these designs my partner chris myself our entire crew at jargon located in northeast arkansas right in the heart of mallard duck country they're designed in america and they're built by craftsmen dreamers duck hunters waterfowl lovers duck camp goers we absolutely love this lifestyle and our entire line of j-frame single read duck calls our double reed the icebreaker you're gonna love them all People are going nuts about the sounds and the results they're getting from Jargon Game Calls, both our duck, goose, and turkey calls. More to come. Visit us at jargongamecalls.com and get you a mega four for this season, a live duck, a paradox, so many great duck calls to choose from. And don't forget that crazy training wrecking ball short read style Canada goose calls. We just hammered them in upstate New York with them on our lanyards. The geese truly respond to them. I'm Chad Belding with the Foul Life Television. Thank you for supporting Jargon Game Calls kinship and the fellowship and the camaraderie in a duck blind, you can't get that
0: anywhere else. The foul life with Chad Belding is entering the fifth inning and up to bat is baseball legend Will Clark. Rookie Will Clark became the 53rd player ever to hit a home run in his first big league at bat. Nolan Ryan was the victim. A special thanks goes out to Corning Ford, Lear and Jack Links for supporting the foul life with Chad Belding. Let's get back to Chad, Will Clark, Randy Young, Hunter McDonald and hunter
4: Mclemore. all right welcome back to the foul Life podcast yeah so what about the benelli the rob roberts edition benelli oh my god you, enjoy you know, it? Uh, yeah i mean
3: that's the i'm not a i told you this before i do not shoot a lot of 12 gauges i shoot sub gauges and putting the rob roberts 12 gauge benelli in my hand i mean it's functioned flawlessly uh it points extremely well you talked about, you know, the forcing cones. We haven't had an ejection problem or anything. And then uh, the coating. I mean, and especially where I'm at in the south, coating is huge because you need it for rust kind of problems. Yeah.
4: They're, you, you, they're, you could use them to paddle your boat. If yeah, you need to. for sure. For sure. And, you know, just it, it's a very comfortable gun to shoot. So, Will the Clark relate shotgunning and swinging a shotgun through your, your shooting, you know, spraying that shooting string across and getting the lead. Apply that to your career as a hitter. It is exactly the same.
3: And you and I have not had a chance to talk about this, but in San Francisco, when I was playing, I literally had the Peninsula Gun Club was probably about 20 miles from my house. I would shoot every morning. And the reason being it is you are Aiming a shotgun to where the bird is going to wind up into the shot string. Same thing when you're hitting a baseball. You're swinging the bat as to where the ball is going to wind up. It's the same exact thing. And so to keep, I guess you want to say that focus, keep that drive, I shot darn near every day. I was shooting forty, fifty thousand 50,000 rounds a year. Really?
4: Yeah. You would just go there on game days and everything and shoot and get your mind right? Damn near
3: every day. If, if the club was open, I was generally there.
4: And your first home run was really against the great Nolan Ryan, the, the Texas Express. Is that what you they know, called him, the yeah. Texas Express?
3: Yeah, it was the Express, yep. That's freaking phenomenal. Yep. Can you
4: imagine? <laughs> no way.
3: i tell you what, you know, you know, you look back on it. I mean, you know, you got the butterflies, you know, first major league at bat. I mean, you know, hair standing up on the back of your neck. And he did, like, the best thing he could have ever done for me. First pitch was a curveball. It was for a strike. But I saw it the whole way, and it was like, Oh, you know, one of those numbers. And then I backed out the batter's box, and I was like, And that allowed me to like settle down. It was like, All right, this is just kind of another bad. Yeah, I saw that one pretty good. And he missed with the oh one 1 fastball. It was 1 1. He left the fastball right there. And it was when I caught it, it was like you hit something with a two by four. It made this, I mean, whole whack sound. And that ball just shot out of center field at an Astrodome. And I, floated around home plate and bat flip and then you kind of no a nice they, you don't do no bat flip against Nolan <laughs> Ryan no <laughs> no Even no exit velo no, no. yeah right <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. It, it left a lot faster <laughs> than it came in but anyway so I pointed to my family in the stands and you know high five everybody in the dugout and all that and come in and I'm sitting, and it, it's always happened on a big moment in my career where some sort of way or another, this calm came over me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just as calm as can be. And I turn to one of my veterans who's sitting on the side of me, Chili Davis, I go, he's going to drill me next time up. He goes, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and the next <laughs> time up, Nolan's in his windup. I'm like, oh! Just wanting to wear it. Uh, waiting to, wanting wear it. to wear it. Not to wear it, Yeah, he did. He buzzed the tower. He yeah. did buzz the tower. But he ended up he
4: ended up putting one in your backbone at one time. Yeah, I,
3: I caught one dead center in the middle of the back from him. 99-mile-an-hour uh, gas. It, uh, it's, it's, oh, it hurt, so it hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. Bad hurt. It hurt bad. And the whole time I'm running down the first base, I'm like, do not look at him. Don't look at him because he's going to hit you again.
4: <laughs> oh. um, so that the you do catch one in the back. He ends up hitting you. But that, that was the start of a career that – has allotted you a lifestyle that's, I mean, you're hunting and fishing almost every day now. Yeah, now I am. Yeah, Besides, I'm, you have a you have a full-time gig with
3: the Giants. I do. It? I have a full-time gig with the Giants. Uh, I am one of their special hitting instructors. I'm also a, like a community ambassador, so I do a lot of work, you know, in the suite levels and in the stands for them and stuff like that. And, you know, for me, I get a chance to go around during baseball season at least twice a month and see – you know, some of our minor leaguers who are going to be future major leaguers. And then also give a little instruction while I'm there and evaluate. And then, uh, you know, when when baseball season's over, it immediately turns to hunting season and I switch gears and do a lot of this. I'm, I love being in the woods. I love being on the water. I'm exactly like you. Grew up that way. That's how I live my life. Um, we talked about it. I love wild game. You know, chefs cook some wild game for us since we've been here. I've been loving it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's part of my lifestyle. And owning my own ranch now, I give back. I am a steward of the land, so I try to give back as much as possible.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're providing a safe haven, you're providing security, you're providing food and nutrition. And uh, I mean, a ton of, uh, you know, when you're doing all of that land application and land development, you're, I mean, you just talk about waterfowl. Since this is a duck and goose, you're, you're giving them something to eat on the way down the flyway and then getting full right. before they start their migratory right. route and back Randy's up. And Randy's doing the same thing. Yeah.
3: Randy's doing the same thing in his own way here. And it's really interesting mm-hmm. for me, a guy from the South. Coming up here, and this is the first time I've had a chance to be, you know, not only hunt with you, but also hunt with Randy and seeing the operation and how he goes about his business and how professional it is. It's awesome.
4: Yeah, that's, I love it here. They've done a great job here at Premier Prairie Adventures, Kansas. Hunter McImore, you were a baseball player. You played at UT Martin in Tennessee. And um, what position did you play? Played first base. Did you ever get hooked <laughs> up by a cross checker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you get looked at?
5: Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you get drafted? No. Dodgers had me on their list, but um, it's a long story. Do you miss yeah. it every day still? I still love Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I love it. What number did you wear in high school? 22. Why? Right there. <laughs> you wore 22 because <laughs> of the thrill? Yeah. Don Mattingly, too. Yeah. Mattingly was
4: 22. Yep. I thought Mattingly was 23. 22. 22. No. Oh, yeah. And 23. What jersey number did Don Mattingly was. wear? Check it. I thought I had 23. 23. I was a big Mattingly fan. So, but you know, it, you, well,
3: I mean, you know, and, and it's, you know, I mean, you know, I thank Mac for saying that, but, you know, you, you bump into a lot of people and they're like, hey, I'm wearing this because of you. And you're like, what? So, like, Clayton Kershaw is like, you know, he's he's a perfect example. He wears 22 because he grew up in Arlington. He watched us when we were Rangers. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of
4: cool stuff. Clayton Kershaw wears 22 because of the thrill. Mm-hmm. But we
5: didn't have as much exposure as they do now, like social media and TV, and all we got glimpses every once in a while. And college world series is probably see that was about the only time you could see college baseball back then. We didn't have all
4: that, yeah. Now it's all over every network.
5: No, so at the time, he was Mississippi State was the best team rolling. I mean, they were loaded, and uh, so you're you're just he's just four or five years ahead of me so that's the time that i'm ser- getting serious about it and uh so yeah you look at somebody like that and you're like i'm gonna do that mm-hmm. i'm gonna be like that
4: so you were a fan of his in college oh yeah, oh, yeah. you watched him before you even went so to, to in high school yeah. yeah
5: oh yeah for sure he just had a when he walked to the plate we were talking about on the way up there this morning sometimes he looked like he was pissed off or mad you know his crazy look <laughs> like freaking <laughs> Go up there and like, smash. that was great. Man. Hit the catcher in the he head. Loved it, yeah. It was like it just intense. Just Not
4: locked, locked. Yeah, just locked
3: like in.
5: focused. Yeah, It was great. Yeah.
4: Did you ever lose that intensity during your career? No, you still got it. I still got it. Yeah. I
5: looked at him today when them ducks. Where I was just cutting my eyes over, <laughs> and he's looking at me like, <laughs> I'm like, like, oh
3: god. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at him, and he's he's ready to go <laughs> too. And I was like, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah.
5: And I they just messed the whole thing up. I <laughs> almost jumped on you. <laughs> Who they did, it was getting close. We had him, that's why he was by the door. <laughs> he could run. Tomorrow so was putting him in the middle. <laughs> Max said, Max said, Can you kick
3: him out the door? I said, Oh, yeah, <laughs> you can kick him out the door. Mm. I did mess up that one group
5: of mallards. Oh, uh, don't worry about it. I'm not worried that's about fun. it. That's, that's, you, you that's gotta, part of it. We got to, if, if I couldn't do what we did today. I don't care if we kill a duck, just yeah. being there and listening to the stories and the sunshine and all the – that recharges yeah. you, man. you got to have that. I, I do. If, if, I, had the I, shot, if I didn't have that, I don't know what I'd do.
2: We'd only got one more. Mallard. Yeah. What's the difference? Everybody would have missed.
4: You think so? Yeah. Probably. No. What would you think of the calling today? Do you think Hunter sounded good? Oh,
2: he's unreal.
4: He's good, huh? Yeah. I tell he's everybody really good. that. No. Yeah. You
2: know. And that call that you have is – is jargon. Awesome. Yeah, so was was, real every real few
3: real. times I was sitting next to him, he jumped on it, and then Mallard's hooked up. I said, stay on him, Mac. Stay yeah. on <laughs> stay him. Stay on him. I know I kept telling him, like, man, that
4: sounded good, Mac. He'd hit a little, a little cut, and I'd be like, man, that's, and I would try it, and I'm like, no, that ain't it. I was trying to imitate you sometimes when you'd hit a little note, and then I would open my hand a little bit, and I would think I'd get it, but it ain't the same. He sounds good. He's good. So where do we go from here, Randy? Talk. Let's talk more how we started this podcast how we're analyzing and strategizing tomorrow's hunt the art of visualization mm-hmm. ted williams chapter 4 in the science of hitting which i wrote sure. the foreword in that book and and um <laughs> here he goes again hey you i know? saw his here swing. here he goes again <laughs> you didn't like my swing it, yeah. i said it was good no you told me my hips were dead
2: too. yeah you just didn't get no backside into it but the you're
4: out spine. of your mind my backside oh, and so everybody no who's going to watch his podcast all right he's out there
3: in front of a Duck Blonde, taking swings and making me feel his ass to make sure that he gets his ass all the way through the yeah, I to swing, have a nice and I'm like,
4: maximus. I'm like, how are we doing
3: this in front of a Duck Blonde?
4: How do we not? We're baseball players. Oh That's what God. you do as a baseball player. Here we go. Baseball players and wrestlers. Yeah. They're always feeling each other's butt for something. <laughs> <Like slapping laughs> <on the ass. laughs> good game, buddy. <laughs> tell them good job. Good job. <laughs> That's right. Good game.
2: Yeah. Like Did me. you
4: think the calling sounded good today?
2: Oh yeah. You know, like when you called all those birds in, we had to all come over there and tell you good job. Give you a slap on the ass.
4: Right? No, you didn't. You yeah, guys was me and, and yeah, yeah. degrade and you guys are demoralizing, insulting. Are they insulting to me? Be honest.
1: No, not at all. Thank what? you. <laughs> Give me some. Oh, That's what I'm God. talking about. <laughs> oh,
4: boy. They just keep teaming up on me. Ducks, I told you.
5: Those
1: ducks that they skin.
5: I mean, every the, the ducks were, back came, were were, were yeah. like perfect. If you wanted a model of a perfect looking greenhead head mallard, mm-hmm. they all were.
4: They they really like if you watch this video right here,
0: I um, don't get a
3: chance to at home. I don't get a chance to shoot these gorgeous mallards with the Big beautiful white. breasts yeah. and all that. Big red we got eggs. you. Even said it, and, and I was. I, it's so true. Some of the mallards we shoot at home look like slimy. Holy, yeah, mm-hmm. it, or they look like they got oil on them. And these
4: these mallards you guys they just, just got shoot here, right? God red
3: legs. God, and they look like they small just turkeys. Came out of some
5: yeah. some cold weather somewhere.
4: And I was up in Canada for almost twenty days and killed a lot of mallards. A lot. And when I put my hands on those Mallards today, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, they're the prettiest Mallards I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them was full double, triple curl, big red feet, thick neck, just big iridescent purple and green on that head. And yeah. just well, and look at this thing work, Will. I mean, this is reliving it a little bit, but look at this Mallard how it just flaps. That's today. Yeah.
3: That's perfect. Look at that. Absolutely perfect. But here's he's floating, just
4: floating, a, just giving it up.
3: But here's another thing. All right. So, how many you know ducks does he run into like per year? Like tens of thousands, right? And he picked one out yesterday that he wanted to mount personally.
4: Yeah, I mean that Put shows you how the beautiful these birds are right here. Put it up here in the lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they um, they're just beautiful in their I don't know. There's something about mallard ducks to where when the sprig flew over today, like and I and I've been I, I hunt California a lot, so I see a lot of sprig. You're in Louisiana, a lot of sprig. Arkansas has got some sprig, but man, they just don't get me fired up like a group of mallards does. Mm-hmm. Do, do they to you? Like when you see that big group so of? I don't know. Uh, if I don't don't look be, up there and I see one with about a six-inch pin, I'm like, oh. Gorgeous. But they're just <laughs> yeah. the way they work a call and the way they oh, they're no. just not the same they as a mallard don't. You're,
2: you're right. Working them isn't the same.
4: And they're really skittish all just, the time.
2: You're just kind of hoping that they come in and do it yeah. with, with those where we, I think that's the most fun for me is duck uh, shooting mallards is the way they work and respond to calls and uh, you know you you got to hit them hard sometimes well, and, and sometimes a, a you got to soft and pintails
5: are so unpredictable yeah a mallard on the days when they're working and you know this they'll generally all of them will work the same once you have that pattern or that wind or whatever you can break them down and you can start knowing when to hit them. And they're predictable when it's right. Mm -hmm. Some days it's not, but I mean, when, once they, on the good days, when you pattern them, you you pretty much got (laughs) them. I mean, you can look at them first note and tell that. I agree. And
4: I would compare that to what I think of the difference between calling Canada geese and speckle bellies. Canada geese have that predictability. They have that, that jargon, if you will, that vocabulary, that means to communicate to me. You know, when you're hitting that, that call, I, it sounds good and it sounds like a spec, but it's like, when do you do that? When, it, when do you, are you calling on the corner? Or are you letting them go away and seeing their television? Canada geese, I got this whole arsenal in my bag of like, all right, if he does this, i'm going to this yeah. and you can predict yeah. that right and and be be ahead of it like an athlete thinking two or three steps ahead of where, what you do with the ball say it with me turn two throw it home for the force whatever it is you're thinking all right if this flock does this i'm going to hit them right. with a spit and a moan or something mm-hmm. right specs it just kind of seems like you're
2: you're calling at them and hoping that they respond <laughs> yeah a little know. bit like hoping they do yeah. it right yeah. yeah you're just like that yeah, <laughs> and i'm not
4: saying there's it. not great spec hunters out there because i've They're, seen them just manhandle yeah, groups but sure. i'm just like are they just doing it because we're here and they're going to see the decoys? Or are they really buying into this lingo and this jargon? It's And a spec a spec caller is going to tell me you're full of shitbelding. Spec hunting and calling is just as predictable as Canada geese. But not for me, it's not. That's one of the things I noticed about you is you don't have a spec call on your landing. I do when I go to California. I really am not prepared for specs here. And we are designing a new spec call with jargon right now. And we're trying to get our guts right before we go to the final mold. And I love it. You go out there with Rocky and Riley and, and Bailey and those spec callers, But dude, I mean, you their decoy spreads are so elaborate and there's so many specs. You can kill 10 a day per man. Mm-hmm. And God, do they eat good? That's the best. I know people love Sandhill Crane, but speckle bellies and the rice. Oh, you can't beat that with skin on. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So tomorrow we just cleaned all these geese and ducks. Well, we didn't. Jackson, I mean, Hunter and I did. Thank you for the help, Hunter. Um, Nice job, guys. Yeah. There, you guys, we, did, we did it
3: all yesterday. He sat off on the
4: side. Yesterday. I don't think that's true at all. I don't yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah. um, Hunter's the best. But you've never had good Canada goose. Far I have never.
3: You and I have talked about this. You and I have talked about it. And you said you were going to make me some Canada goose. And I told you I was going to try it.
4: Okay. So t- we cleaned it. We did a really good job. It, okay. We got them off the bone. Then we took them in and we got all the fat off all the blood clots out of them everything found it looked for any steel or any of the black cloud in there and then we got them into, into a drudge with a, a salt water and we're I mean a dredge and we're salt watering them right now in a refrigerator. Tomorrow night we're gonna have mallard duck sesame mallard duck and Canada goose fried rice Looking forward And in that to fried it. rice is going to be peas, carrots, corn, little mini corns, water chestnuts, eggs, green shallots so it's kind of like an asian dish yeah it's fried rice okay yeah Yeah, so we're gonna have asian mallard duck tomorrow in the in a sesame duck and uh fried rice nice and i'm gonna see if you're gonna be like i'm looking forward to it yeah i'm in i told you i'm I'm gonna try it all right i want you to be happy with it though i'm satisfied you got it and you're gonna tell the truth i'm gonna gonna tell
3: you the truth i do not (laughs) i do not lie to my friends okay i lie to my enemies you do oh yeah (laughs) oh don't worry i'm not looking for a slider here go ahead and throw it
4: (laughs) no man i'm having a blast and i just wanted to come on the podcast and talk about it because last year we came in here on a whim and 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 sometimes when you travel this much you have to respect your schedule and i know that you say hey if you're in the area stop by and like vandemore will say that and and i love that but with our filming schedule like we're we have a schedule to follow too you know and then you got home life and all that and the best way to waterfowl hunt is to get in your private jet if you have one and go when they're there right (laughs) i hope one day we can all afford private jets and just go when they're there hey chad this is randy we're loaded up in kansas boom we're there yeah but that you can't do that a lot of your clients schedule their trips a year like when they left this year they gave the deposit for next year next year you might have a full moon and you know people are looking at those don't get me wrong the people that are you know really strategizing their hunts but It could be 80 here right now. Mm -hmm. You're right. You know, you just never know. It's been a really warm fall so far and start of the winter. He and I spent at least three different times
3: together this year at the ballpark. And we were talking about coming to the hunt. And Chad said, I'm going to go ahead and make a date, you know, with Randy. And he picked a date. And I said, just give me the date. I'm going to put it on the calendar. And didn't matter whether it was 40 or 80, I'm going to be here.
4: Yeah, and we're having a blast, but I'm just saying, like, you never... Like, you could come here and not see a bird. The migration might have been slowed, or you might have got a freeze. Like, a, a week ago, you had eight inches of fresh snow and ice. Yep. That wouldn't have been fun to hunt in. No, the birds pushed out it
2: got down to, like, four degrees, and then we got eight inches of snow on top of that and it just all of our water froze up all the food covered up and just everything picked up overnight and was gone and we got
4: here last year and it was 75 during the day it was a low of 42 those aren't good temperatures i'm not saying we didn't kill some the first day we had an unreal hunt on that small pond surrounded by trees we've killed almost 75 birds in two days here so far Mm -hmm. up close and personal Mm -hmm. having a blast eating good food, chefs in there right now. I think tonight we're doing, Will Clark brought speckled trout and alligator from Louisiana. We're doing those two tonight. Oh, that's going to be good. We're eating good, that's doing right. a lot of push-ups, jump rope, working out. We're staying on top of our fitness. He is. I'm drinking Jack Daniels, and then in the meantime, I uh, give me a little Jack Link's jerky too.
3: You gotta, you gotta maintain the twenty percent body fat. All just remember that, all you people out in the audience, you can't
4: pull fat. You can pull muscle. You can't pull fat. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Huh? I guess that's why John Kruk had such a yeah, that's, right. that's why John and I get along so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the look on John cruck's face when, when the unit come over his head with that hundred two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Remember that? Was that an all-star game? Mm-hmm. had to yeah. be, right? Yeah. It was mm-hmm. with the Mariners at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. He mm-hmm. turned his bat and around. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. speaking Enjoy of him. hunting birds, one of the greatest was it a dove or a pigeon that randy johnson got dove. in arizona dove oh my gosh dove. do you remember that video have you seen that video it Flew right in front of home plate Pow. throws a hundred mile an hour fastball and this dove flies by at the exact time and it like does more than a shotgun ever oh no, it was oh, like yeah. a serious pillow it went poof
2: oh, just integrated <laughs> it
4: remember that yeah. oh yeah that was freaking unreal that that happened that that dove just happened yeah. it you know, that had to be, that's just perfect timing. Yeah. It's like he wanted to do it. I'm going to go out with a big units fastball. Watch this, guys. <laughs> Here we <sighs> go. <laughs> just lie down. All right, well, thanks so far. Tonight, Chef's going speckled trout alligator. Tomorrow night, we're doing an Asian night of mallard. Sesame Mallard Duck, and Canada Goose Fried Rice. We got Will Clark in camp for two more days. My good buddy Hunter McLemore with banded Avery, and Greenhead Gear. Hunter from Wisconsin. Him and his dad, Lynn, have hosted us this week with my good friend Randy Young. Premier Prairie Adventures. In two days, we got... The great Dodger starter Walker Bueller, NCAA champion, first-team All-American out of Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee. Walker's coming in with some of his friends, and we're going to continue our Major League Baseball theme. We got a Giants Hall of Famer, Will the Thrill. Thanks for being here, brother. Thank you. It's thank been, you.
3: It's been fun being at the ballpark with you these three or four times this year, and now being on a hunt. It's it's something special. I'll cherish this all the time.
4: And I just want to put this out there in the podcast world, and this will be on TV too. So I want I know that you're going to tell the truth since. We've been having such amazing hunts, and the food's been, like, a legitimately awesome BP on the field for me next year. Oh, that's without a shadow of a doubt. Can I please get in there?
3: Yeah. I, I want to lose one can, you will you? It. can get in there. It'll be about 10.30 in the morning for a night game. <laughs> Nobody will be in the stands. <laughs> I'll be throwing batting practice. But yeah, make sure I'll hit you in the ribs at least once. It's
4: a foul podcast. Hunter Mackmore. Hunter, what is your last name? I'm you sorry. Oh, God, that's almost close. We're Hunter Mclemore, Hunter MacDonald. Randy Young, Will the Trill Clark, Chad Belling, Foul Life Podcast, thank you all for listening, thank you for supporting our partners and sponsors, and thank you very much for the subscriptions and downloads. Go leave us a review, and look for more exciting guests coming here, right here at The Fowl Life, and don't forget to check out brand new episodes of season 15 of Benelli's The Fowl Life, airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Check out this song, we're going out with 2AM Logic. You love this song. I rode it on a plane from Edmonton, Alberta to Denver, Colorado. This is called My Foul Life by 2am Logic.
0: Whoa, Nelly, it's getting a little too hot in her. He's
3: out there in front of Duck Blonde taking swings and making me feel his ass to make sure that he gets his <laughs> ass all the way through the yeah, swing, nice and I'm like, Miss I'm like, how are we doing this in front of Duck Blonde?
0: The Foul Life with Chad Belding is brought to you in part by Benelli, Rob Roberts, Custom Gunworks, Federal Premium Black Cloud, and Bandit Brands. Chad, Will, Randy, and the Hunters will wrap the show after the break. Stick around
4: cuts like a knife i think that was brian adams stay sharp sharp dressed man that was billy gibbons and zz top kershaw knives they are all about staying sharp staying safe getting that meat off the bone, getting those breasts off that breastplate of those Canada geese, those specks with skin on, pluck a few feathers off and then cut it out. Let the knife guide you. A little bit of pressure with your offhand, just slicing through it. A sharp knife is everything. There's so much more danger that comes with using a dull knife and not staying sharp. Kershaw supports the American hunter, the American fisher, the conservationist, the gatherer, the provider. Our recipes, every single one of our kitchen knives, hunting knives, fishing fillet knives are all Kershaw. We truly believe in the culture of Kershaw Knives and their messaging and they support brands like the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. See them in action right now on brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We try to show the Knives in Action every week on different episodes when we're taking that meat, that bounty of those ducks and geese from the field to the processing to the Traeger to the table eating that bounty, high-fiving maybe a little bit of Jack Daniels or red wine or a Bush Light beer. It doesn't matter. Stay safe out there and Enjoyed in moderation, but don't be afraid to celebrate the hunt. And also, always having a Kershaw knife in your blind bag and being ready for anything that might come, whether you got to cut some grass or cut some parachute cord or cut some salami in the blind. They make saws, they make fillets, they make folding knives, straight blade knives, pocket knives. Every single blade that comes out of the Kershaw factory is guaranteed to be the sharpest. It's an unbelievable experience. Thank you, Kershaw. Thank you, Dominic. They're our family of knives right at Kershaw, the official knife and blade of the life podcast and the foul life tv thank you all for supporting kershaw knives Man, the new Black Label Elite Boots by Banded. I'm telling you, these camp shoes, these knee boots, uninsulated, insulated. I wore them on my first two trips of the 2023-24 season after wearing prototypes all last year. And they are the best boot made, most comfortable, most foot protectant, most easy to walk in, warmest, most breathable, baddest ass hunting boots, camp shoes on the market. I guarantee it. Challenge me on that. Get yourself a pair right now at Bandit.com or any Banded author. Dealer across the country and you will feel like you're walking on the moon. I was in cornfields, wheat fields, alfalfa fields, pea fields. I've worn these boots everywhere and it is amazing how comfortable they are, how dry they keep your feet, how protected they keep your feet. And when you take them off and you put them out to dry, it's unbelievable how fast they dry, how fast they air out and ready for your next hunting excursion. I'm telling you, these boots are different. They fit different. They feel different. They perform different. It's another innovation by the family at banded it is absolutely a pleasure to have them as the official footwear of the foul life podcast their waders are amazing their accessories are amazing everything banded avery greenhead gear avery sporting dog stands for is exactly what the tradition and culture of the american hunter has been built on it's a band of brothers we are so proud of it and these new black label elite knee boots and the camp shoes will absolutely blow your mind and make this a better season than it would have been without them i promise you that get them right now at banded.com or an authorized banded dealer thank you all so much for the support of banded brands throughout the years and trust me we are just getting started one of my favorite parts of the hunt is the scouting. Is there anything better? The anticipation, riding back roads, dirt roads, seeing that dust in your rear view, seeing mallards pitching off to your right, Canada geese going down, snows, specks, divers. It doesn't matter what your pursuit is, but having the right optics, the right piece of equipment when you're scouting is everything from optics to rangefinders to tripods, to spotting scopes, Vortex Optics does it all. Wisconsin America-based company, living the American dream. What a brand that has been built out of the Kershaw Headquarters Again, in the great state of Wisconsin, we got plenty more coming from that awesome state. Can't wait to share it with you all. But when you're in the need for a rangefinder or binos of any size or spotting scopes and their tripods, there is nothing like the family of brands at Vortex. Their leisure wear, their lifestyle wear, their apparel, their socks, their shirts, their rain jackets, their rainwear, absolutely amazing design and innovation that's going into it. I do not go on the road in my trucks or in a plane without a pair of Vortex binoculars. You can check us on that. When you see us, come say hello, and we are going to have our vortex on us. It is no secret that finding the roost, finding the loaves, finding the feeds is the number one success piece of puzzle that goes in to consistent waterfowl hunting. You have to be where the birds are. You can run traffic, don't get me wrong, but you still have to have a good set of binos to be able to find the birds and assess the situation and figure out their flight patterns, their feeding times, everything that goes into it, how far you're going to be off of a line, a fence line, a tree line, where you're going to put your blinds, where the vantage point is, exactly where those flocks are hitting in those fields when you're scouting. Enjoy the scout, live through the hunt passionately, and do not cut corners. Vortex Optics, the official binocular and spotting scope of the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV.
0: Today's episode of the Foul Life with Chad Belding, Will the Thrill Clark, Randy Young, Hunter McDonald, and Hunter McLemore has come to an end
4: thank you for supporting our partners and sponsors and thank you very much for the subscriptions and downloads go leave us a review and look for more exciting guests coming here right here at the foul life and don't forget to check out brand new episodes of season 15 of benelli's the foul life airing right now exclusively on the outdoor channel
0: and make sure to follow the foul life with chad belding on your socials and catch every broadcast on the soundcloud iheart and spotify hunt them up